Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. My guest today is an intuitive healer, manifestation coach, and author of the best-selling book, The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life, and the host of the Soul Frequency Show podcast. Please give a warm welcome to Shauna Lee. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for being on the show today. I just want to kind of give a basic understanding. You know, your your show name is called The Soul Frequency. Apparently, we all have a soul frequency. And I just want to know what that is exactly. Like, how do we know what our soul frequency is doing or needs or, you know, it's kind of, is it kind of like intuition? Can you give us a little background? Yeah. So I like to, in the physical reality, we oftentimes have things that mirror the energetic reality. So so what mirrors the soul frequency and the energetic reality is our fingerprint. It is something that we can be identified by. Everybody has their own unique fingerprint, just like we have our own unique energy signature. So we truly are individuals, even though many times we like to categorize ourselves. Um, and that energy is something that I started tapping into. So um, prior to the work that I do today, I initially started a business years ago in holistic health and helping people you know, with different things like what to eat, how to take care of themselves, supplements, things like that. And I had been on that journey for a long time myself. Mm -hmm. And so it was really interesting because I started working with people. And I remember getting my car one day and saying to myself, none of this has anything to do with the food that we eat or the the Mm -hmm. supplements that we take, that there's such a bigger picture of our well-being and our wellness. And and so as I would sit with people, I had an in-person practice in Southern California at the time. As I would sit with people, I started to be able to experience their soul frequency, their energy. And that energy was almost able to tell me like where things in their life were out of alignment, like what things they were doing or believing or all of these types of things that just weren't in truth, weren't really who they were. And I started to, I mean, it was weird when I first started (laughs) um, feeling these things. Um, And I started to just gently, little by little, believe it and start to play with it and start to tell my clients what I was seeing, what I was feeling. Um, And they were just, their eyes were (laughs) as wide as day. Like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And so I just learned over time that there was validity to this. And, And then I started to, that kind of took me into really only talking about our energetics and who we are and how, when we shift our energetics, so many other physical things in our lives start to shift and change too. Mm -hmm. Now, is this something that people can tap into and transform and kind of strengthen themselves? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, you know, in theory, it's so simple, right? Mm -hmm. That sometimes we make it really complicated, but it really has to do with what we honestly, truthfully believe and feel and see and want to be doing in our life. Because the way that we're socialized as human beings is to, you know, ultimately make our surroundings happy, right? Like whether it's your parents, whether it's, you know, teachers, whether it's society, we do all kinds of things and we learn in all kinds of ways when we're little to live our life, not according to our own energy and our own truth. And so like we get, we get very split off and bifurcated within ourselves 
And that can lead to dis-ease in every different way, right? Mm -hmm. In our beingness. And so when we start to listen to ourselves, so whether someone does meditation or prayer or whatever it is, just getting quiet, when we start to listen to like, what is our truth, that can be the beginning process of starting to move back into alignment. And I use the analogy on a chiropractic adjustment, just because mm-hmm. most people know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could have your back in misalignment and it, and it doesn't feel right. I mean, you can still walk around, you can still function, but it doesn't feel as good as it could. And then let's say a chiropractor puts it back in alignment and you really notice like, oh gosh, that felt, <laughs> that feels so much better. That felt better. And so it's like that with our energy. We just are not, most people are not attuned to the subtleness of it, to notice it. So I'm bringing people into noticing these little things that then once we we start looking and we become aware, we go, oh my gosh, yes. So how, as far as like the vibration, I mean, I totally am in tune with the whole vibrational energy. I'm an empath. So, you know, I feel people's energy. It can be next door, next to me, it can be thousands of miles away. You know, I know something is definitely up. Um, But how do we kind of protect ourselves from the other people's vibration? You know, if we're at a higher level vibration, and we kind of come into a group of people that's not at the level that that we are or below, how do we protect ourselves? And how do we raise our vibration at the same time? What you brought up is just kind of at the crux and and super important to to everything having to do with our energy because we absorb, you know, as an empath especially, you it's like you don't have a boundary around you. So you feel other people's energy, you feel the energy of the planet even, you feel the energy of when, you know, planetary alignments are happening. And the more you feel that the more people do things that are not in alignment with their self, right? Mm-hmm. So if you feel someone's unhappy with you, you might take an action in your life that you don't ultimately want to take, but it's going to make that feeling go away. And so empaths all the time, all over their life, start making choices on behalf of what other is going to make other people comfortable simply because it'll take away like mm-hmm. the energy that doesn't feel good in their life, right? So, right? so you look around an empath's life and they're trying to make everybody happy and take actions that ultimately don't have that intensity of the energy coming at them. So it's really important to start to notice First, just notice, like, when am I going against myself? When am I making a choice because someone else's energy is intense? That is not really what I want to be doing. And it takes a lot of courage to notice that, right? Mm -hmm. Because that means you're going to need to use your voice and you're going to need to start to stand up. You know, we can't notice things like that in our life and then not start to do something about it. So it's getting people used to being able to protect their energy. And, And I really, for people starting out with this, it's as simple as, you know, when you walk into a room or you get around a person or a group of people asking yourself, like, does this feel good or doesn't, doesn't this feel good? And, and also noticing your behaviors. So if you find yourself like drinking more alcohol or eating more food or wanting to hide in the corner of the room, like all of these things can be indicators, the ways that we soothe ourselves when the energy doesn't feel good around us. So you just want to kind of observe yourself and watch how you are in a space yeah. um, or around certain people and see if it feels like I can just be and this is easy or whether I feel tense or I feel like I'm taking on other behaviors. And that's really important to notice first and then to start to speak on. 
It's interesting you brought up the how you feel and what you want to do, if whether it feels good or not. Because I know for me in the past, I've always kind of followed my intuition. Like I live in California, I live in Northern California, and I was here for 14 years. And then I moved to Portland, Oregon, didn't have a job, had no idea why I was going there. I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to go to Portland, because I had this intuitive vision of the trees and, you know, the trees we don't have here and just decided to move up there. And then I moved to Seattle, which I never thought I would ever live in Seattle, but something was calling me there. I went to art school, did, you know, got my video production uh, degree and never would have thought I would have gone to Seattle. But it was a, it was those signs that I saw, you know, I kept seeing Seattle Seahawk t-shirts and everything pointing towards Seattle. And it was like, <laughs> And I did not want to go. I was resisting it because it was like, I don't want to go to Seattle. And then, you know, I moved back to California and then something happened and I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, just because it felt right and the signs were there. It seems like as I've gotten older, I am not either paying attention to my intuition or I've gotten caught up in that kind of quicksand, I like to call it, of like society's expectations. And I just feel that, you know, I've always had this feeling of where I am is always temporary. But this time, I don't feel that now that I'm back in California again, after eight years. How do we, and and in ways that, you know, I feel kind of lost in a way, but how do we kind of get you know, not get in, give in to the society's expectations and continue to listen to our intuition and follow what feels good. Because it's easy to kind of get sucked in to whether it's family pressure, friends or work. It's so easy. I mean, and I think just to be fair, I think it's a constant process of needing to check in. Like you'll find yourself just doing something because society says you should be doing that. And then you all of a sudden become aware and go, wait a second, why am I doing that? Like, I don't Mm want to do this. So I don't think we ever perfect that, so to speak, because there's so much influence around us. Right. Uh, But really the awareness is key to that. And it's interesting because at different stages and ages in life, there are different expectations. And, you know, certainly to your example, when you're very young, there's probably much more support for people moving around and, you know, traveling, going here, going there, you know, that's kind of people equate that with, let's say your young twenties or, you know, even your, your late twenties. And, and then, you know, when you get a little bit older in life, like they'll start to say, well, you should settle down or you should stay in one place, right? There's all these things. I mean, so many of my clients tell me all these expectations that they get from their family members, you know, things like you should be saving this much for retirement and you should, you know, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And and really, when you look and you peel back the layer to those things, at the base of it, you'll find fear. It's ultimately fear that is driving expectations, fear that you won't have enough money for retirement, fear that you, you know, that someone else fears for you that you won't have a solid home, a place to call home. When some people, their sole frequency is is going to travel the world forever. 
Like that's just who they are. And it would be inauthentic for them to so-called find a home base. So we have to be careful that we don't put on to other people our own vantage point or our own, you know, way of perceiving the world. And so often, especially with parents and children, right? Parents put their vantage point on their kids or other family members. um, And then you have that on top of society. So it really, I always say it's an act of rebellion, beautiful rebellion to be able to build a life according to your soul frequency, to be able to live an authentic life. And I, in my own experience, um, didn't for much of my life, and then came to a point in my life where I had a massive awakening and reevaluated my whole life and left my past life and career and all these things behind, including a lot of key relationships in my life that ended at that time. And everybody around me was like, you must have lost your mind. Like, who does this? You know, you're at the middle section of your life. Like, what are you thinking? I mean, people just really didn't understand. So it had me firsthand be able to understand how much pressure there is. Like, it wasn't until I went through that that I realized, oh, this is why I've never done anything outside the box because I got so much like, un, you know, feedback, like I didn't ask for it, but I just got so much feedback that it was so intense. And so I decided that that fascinated me and that I was going to move deeper into understanding who I was and become a bit of a rebel in the process of that. And my own curiosity was like, how far can I take this? Right. And how much can I really get to know myself? It was a beautiful unfolding, but the beginning parts of it were were intense because of other people. Right. And did it take you a while to, because that was one of my questions as far as like, what was the aha moment that kind of shifted your life to go down this path that you, that you're going down now? Yeah, I was, you know, I had for much of my life, this idea of when I get here, I will be happy. And so I did a lot of things, whether it was like with success or my business or money or meeting the love of my life or starting a family. Like I really had it in my head that when I check all these things off my list, then I will be fulfilled and then I will find happiness. And as time went on and I checked those things off the list, I realized I wasn't moving any closer to this deep sense of fulfillment. And I kind of started to see the facade in it, right? Like how we're sold this idea of this is the life you should want, right? These are the things you should want. Um, But that isn't necessarily what your soul wants. And so I think I started to look around my life. This was or like 2000, probably 11, end of 10, 11. And I started to see that I had all the things that I thought I had ever wanted. And yet, I could see that I would continue to keep amassing things and hitting milestones and that there was no like fulfillment at the end of that. And it was really scary because I was like, wow, I either am going to live the rest of my life kicking this ball out in front of me and playing this game to only end up at the end of my life, never getting there, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to move away from this and see if there's anything else, right? I didn't know whether moving away from what I was currently doing was going to end in some sort of fulfillment or happiness at that time. So it took a lot of courage, but something inside of me just started to question the whole construct. And the more people like pushed up against me or were 
you know, judgmental or frustrated by what I was doing, the more curious I got. And I, the more I was like, well, I'm already this far, right? I've already, I've already let go of my old career. I've already moved out of my old house. I'm, I'm already down the road. I may as well, I know what the other road is going to be. Mm. I may as well try this road and see where this leads. And so that just kept pulling me forward. It was like something inside of me just kept saying, keep going. Like even the times when I was afraid and even the times when I felt like, what am I, do- what am I doing? Right? Like, what am I doing here? Um, but I know that now looking back on that, I know that to be this point in time where your ego and the life that your ego built starts to take a back seat to your soul frequency and your soul and its desires in this lifetime start to move forward and become more prevalent and present in your life. And the life that your ego you know, was driving you to build starts to come apart a little bit. And that was, you know, that's a, that changeover point is a really big deal because it really has you choose different things for your life mm-hmm. than what you did before. And it frees you from, you know, living in accordance to society, living in accordance to other people's ideals. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of courage and chutzpah, I mean, to continue going that path, even though other people are kind of, you know, like the demons are grabbing you on each side, you know, trying to pull you off that path. So I, I, I think it, it's inspirational to hear you say that because I think a lot of us want that for ourselves and you know we may take those steps towards going that the soul frequency that our soul the frequency that our soul is asking us and telling us to go we need more people like you to be like it's okay you know you're gonna feel all of these things and uh to continue to do it regardless because i think you know with the way the state of the world right now there's just a lot of anxiety you know, there's a lot of energy too that I've been feeling over the last probably five or six years that something was coming and it's here. And, you know, now we are having to to deal with it. And do you feel like the healing arts and the healers within the community are kind of shifting or doing things differently to kind of adjust to, you know, the energy that's going on? Well, there's a couple of things that are on our side, like for anybody that wants to lead a soul led life, like number one is the energy on the planet is shifting and that's calling us to look at the layers that maybe we haven't looked at before Mm -hmm. to peel back the onion. And so there's a deeper and more profound desire for more and more people. And it will continue to be more and more people to look at things that maybe they wouldn't have looked at 10 years ago. So we're kind of being pushed gently, right, by the planet um, and its shift in magnetics and energy to to get into greater truth. So that's going on. And then what the past two years have been is an activation point, which is really allowing us, if we if we can accurately view this for what it is, allowing us to purge the fears out of our body. So we don't like fear. Human beings do not like fear. We don't like Mm -hmm. to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. We compartmentalize it because we just don't like to deal with it. And so 
in many different ways, people's lives have been touched, right? By some of the major areas that we fear, whether that's not having enough money, losing our jobs, having relationships come apart. I mean, these are the big ticket items um, for human beings. And we've been challenged in that way. Health, right? Am I going to be okay? Am I safe? Can I stay alive? Um, And it's an opportunity for us to confront our fears, to allow the fear to be present, to allow that emotional energy to come up and out of our body and to purge that because we have, you know, decades for a lot of people of storing all this emotion and compartmentalizing it. And so this provided an opportunity at a very high level. I mean, obviously there's a lot going on, but, but when we look at it from like a spiritual vantage point, um, it's an opportunity to clean out our closet and, and that's what people have been doing. And more and more people have been waking up to that, whether they're consciously choosing that or not. Right. Right. I mean, like you said, we can resist all the way, or we can, you know, say, okay, I see value in this and I want to move through it. So that has also been supporting us to take a look at our lives, right? A lot of people have moved locations over the past two years, changed jobs, gotten out of certain relationships. You know, people have gotten clear on what's not working in their life or the things that they want to do differently. And that's, you know, from a higher spiritual perspective, that's that's a positive thing, right? That we need more and more people to do that. And you bring up a great point about you need a hand to hold moving through these things, right? You, I always say transformation is not a solo sport. Like this isn't that's something right. that yeah. we should do by ourselves, right? <laughs> exactly. We And the more you get around people, like imagine yourself, in a circle of people, like let's say there's 15 people and everyone in that circle has either been through this transformation of like, you know, having your soul led life step forward and ego led life, you know, be in the background or they're, they're facing this and wanting to do this in their own lives. Like imagine there's 15 people around you who totally get this process who not only get it, but they've been there. They can look you in the eye and say, I know right where you are. Mm-hmm. I've been down this road. I get it. Mm-hmm. Come over here, sit next to me. Like that kind of space, especially for an empath, would feel so good. It's like, oh my gosh, here I am surrounded by this, you know, this team that's with me who is not only going through this process themselves, but is here to support me in this process. Like we just don't have enough places like that for people. So when you're all alone, right? And you're in your family that's living out of their egos and you're in society that's living out of its ego and you feel by yourself in your own emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, perspective and vantage point, that's when it feels overwhelming and hard, right? right? So getting around people who get it is super important in the transformational process. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I read one of your blogs about the power of words. There's a saying that what we put out into the world comes back to us. And, you know, back to when you were growing up, you know, our parents always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned that words affect us energetically. Tell me more about why we need to be more aware of the words we choose. Well, every word, just like every letter and every number has a vibration and the words that we choose. I mean, everybody knows this, like someone could stand in front of you and say some awful words and you would immediately feel the vibration of that. You would feel like your vibration lowers. If you took that into your heart, you would have hurt feelings, you know, maybe feel mad. 
And if someone stood in front of you and said a different set of words, right? Like, I love you and you're wonderful and you're great and all these things, you would feel an entirely different way. Mm. So that everybody's had that experience in their life. We have to remember that the things that we say, and most importantly, the things we say to ourselves in our own head um, have a cumulative effect to them. And it's interesting because in the English language, we actually have more negative descriptor words that we use more often than positive ones. Mm. So um, so we, we skew to the negative, the same with the brain. The brain skews to look for what's going to go wrong or what where there's a problem. And that's a safety mechanism. It's right. just about keeping you alive and safe. Yeah. And so knowing that, then we have to be conscious and responsible um, how we choose those words and how we choose our thoughts, because all of that is energy that we put out into the world. And that energy is coming back to us. And that energy is creating, you know, our whole soul frequency. Like if you for a year sat in a room and told yourself positive thoughts all day long for a year, um, you would feel different at the end of the year than someone who sat in a room saying awful negative things to themselves. So we just have to be cautious that we use words that feel uplifting and empowering and that we put ourselves around people who do that too. You know, so many, so often, like, I can't even tell you like how often people come into my practice, whether it's in a group program or one-on-one and they'll share with me about experiences of things that their parents said to them or teachers said to them, or, you know, the person they're living with their lover, their mate, their partner. I mean, awful things Mm -hmm. like, and said to them repetitively, right? It's, it's not what someone says to you once. It's like continually telling you you're not smart or you're not good enough, like over and over and over again. And eventually people start to believe that. And they start to integrate that as though their environment is reflecting back to them that they're not good. And all of that can be deprogrammed. I mean, we don't have to continue to resonate at that, but It's that systematic introduction of a lower frequency energy through thought or words that really, it it programs like we program computers. It programs people's brains and it's very powerful and people need to be aware of it. Yeah, I remember um, in high school, a coach said to me, I had an attitude problem. And to this day, I still remember her saying that. So yeah, it does affect you and and it carries with you throughout your life. So I think it is very, and you know, the negative self-talk also is something that is pretty powerful and has a powerful effect on us. And now that we have social media in the mix and it's kind of created this rosy lens of people's lives and it's hard not to compare yourself with other people and you know, get imposter syndrome. How do we, how can we stop from doing this to ourselves as far as comparing and having imposter syndrome for whatever reason? Well, it's interesting. This is kind of like a two-part thing because the stronger you are, so the, the work we've been talking about doing about really living in your truth and, and first identifying what that is, being courageous, the stronger your soul frequency is, the more the exterior doesn't influence you. Hmm. So, so when we do that inner work and we put in the time, you know, to show up to that, um, the outside things just naturally start to become less like controlling, I want to say, or Mm -hmm. less, you become less impressionable. 
So that's one side of things. The other side of things is paying attention to what triggers you. So if there's a certain person that you follow, let's say on social media, I mean, social media is a programming tool. Right. Um, <laughs> and I don't it's think very controlling. Have to I don't know from if, it. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know if you saw that movie about yeah, yeah, yeah. the algorithms and yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a programming tool. Um, It doesn't mean that it's awful and you can't go on it. Um, yeah. It just means you have to be aware of that, that, that what you, you know, are, are scrolling and scrolling and looking at is programming you, right? Just like advertising programs us, mm-hmm. right? It, people study this stuff. It's real. So, so we have to notice that. And if there's someone that you're scrolling and looking at or interacting with, and it doesn't feel good, or you feel really jealous of that person, or it triggers you in some way, at the beginning stages, I would say unfollow that person or mute that person. Like, you need to protect your energetic space and that space needs to feel good. And if, if something's triggering you, you don't have to question whether you're right or wrong or, or any of that stuff. Like you can just mute it because you're honoring yourself and saying, this doesn't feel good right now. And maybe follow things that just uplift you, that don't trigger you. And, and in the beginning stages, that's just being generous to yourself Mm -hmm. so that you're not constantly pulled in all of these directions. What's really like, sad, I think about social media, like I've had people send me messages, you know, um, and say, I've been watching you or I've been following you for all this time. And I've never seen, I don't know them. I've never seen them comment or even like a post, right. Mm -hmm. But they're out there and they're following and they're, and they're getting something from it. And at some point in time, they send me a message and they share something about their life or something that really impacted them. Like I, as the person sharing on social media, until that point in time, didn't know them at all, had never interacted with them. And yet I'm just putting my energy out into the world just because, right? Mm-hmm. And and somebody is receiving something from that. And so we have to remember that it's not about somebody liking your post or commenting on it, or it's so much bigger than that. Like you have an opportunity to share your special soul frequency, your energy. And there are people on the planet that need to receive that energy, right? Like that, that energy is going to be like nourishing for them, or it's going to teach them something important or whatever it is, or it's going to bring them joy. And who are we to to judge that or even think that we can determine whether it's important or valuable or anything like and this is where people get to you know when we go through like i do this program called the soul frequency experience and and we get to this place where we realize like the only important thing in life is that i know my own energy and that i'm willing to share that in the ways that feel valuable to me mm-hmm. and the rest of it i'm not worried about Right. right. It doesn't really matter. And I know that the right, you know, vibrational alignments find that energy. And the ones that aren't meant for that vibrational alignment go away. Right. right? And this is the natural process of where when we really start to put our truthful, unique soul frequency out into the world, whether it's in any kind of career or being a parent, or it doesn't matter what somebody does with their time and their days. When we put that that pure energy out there, it will attract the right things for you. And it will repel the things that are not a vibrational match. Both of those are beautiful. Mm-hmm. We want both of those to be at play in our life. Yeah. So how do you recharge and rejuvenate? 
I don't live within the confines of like, let's say a nine to five day at all. So my days are all very different. They're very in flow in different ways. So if I have done something that would take a lot of my energy, like led a big group, like I might have a day where I sleep till 10 or 11 a.m., right? I have this big long night of sleep and I don't do much that next day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day might be back to back calls, right? Or interviews or things of that nature. So I allow myself the space to not need to be in like a construct or confine. Um, and to be able to honor if I'm tired or if I need a little, you know, more time doing other things other than working. I also always go outside Mm. and I ground my energy. So I lay on the grass, right? Put my feet in the dirt. Mama Gaia has beautiful energy to share with, with humanity. And in fact, you know, a lot of the dis-ease we have in our life is because we're very disconnected from the vibration of the earth. So it can be really helpful for people that feel anxiety or if we feel stressed or things of that nature, like there's a heartbeat to earth and there's a heartbeat to us. And those, when those connect, there's a real healing quality to that. So I do a lot of that as well. Um, spend time with my little boy, my son mm-hmm. always makes me laugh and, and takes me to such joyful places. So, so I have a lot of tools. I think for any empath, you need to develop like a set of tools, like, especially if you do something in the healing arts or you give a lot of energy to other people, mm-hmm. you need to also be able to receive. It's a really important part of staying nourished. So I have you know, people in my life, like whether I go and get acupuncture done or something like that, like I just make sure in those moments that I am receiving fully, that I, when I'm in my give mode to people that I give to, that I'm giving fully and that I have, you know, support structures in my life that I can simply receive from without, without giving there. Yeah. So everybody needs to go out and hug a tree every day. Exactly. They do. <laughs> and stick their feet in the ocean if it's nearby or some kind of water yes, source. You do. Yeah. As far as a manifestation coach, you know, we have the law of attraction. We have, you know, movies out there that have kind of like, what, what the bleep do we know? I love that movie. What are some easy ways that someone can get started in manifesting something that they've really want in their life, but just haven't quite gotten it into their life yet? You have to focus on it. So where we put our energy is what expands in our life. And because a lot of people put their energy on what they don't like or don't want, then that expands in their field, right? It becomes more present in their life. When we're worried about something all the time, we're putting a lot of energy into that worry and that worry is becoming really big in our field of awareness. And Mm -hmm. so the key, I mean, again, this is so simple. The key is to just start thinking about that thing getting excited about it, thinking about it more, getting excited about it, building the vision in your mind, right? And allowing that vision, like you would watch a movie in your mind, Mm -hmm. like just creating more and more and more of it. Like even down to, let's say you walk in a room, like what does that room smell like? What do you see in that room? What are the colors that you're wearing? You can really build out a vision for something you want in the most minute detail, And that helps because your subconscious mind doesn't know what is real and not real. And manifestation really has to do with you having full belief in that this thing or whatever you want to manifest is already in existence and already in your reality. So it's just starting to live as though it already is. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there needs to be some kind of action as well. I mean, as far as you always hear that joke of, 
you know, I want to meet the man of my woman of my dreams, man of my dreams. And you sit at home all the time. So you don't go out to unless it's the UPS driver or something. But, you know, you don't go out to actually put that energy and that that desire in motion. Is that something that you would say you would also need to do is kind of take some kind of action? For sure. I talk about something called the creation equation in my book, which is really how everything is created. So if we're manifesting anything, you have a thought about it, usually in the form of an idea, like, hey, I want to create this thing, or I want to meet a meet a man, right? Or meet a woman, like, and I want to be in a relationship. And so that thought, if you entertain that thought over and over, you'll have more thoughts about it. I call mm-hmm. it a thought tree. Like imagine the trunk of a tree and then you start thinking and all the branches start, you mm-hmm. know, branching off. You just start having more and more thoughts and and then you pair an emotion with that. So the okay. more you're thinking about something, the more you're getting excited about it. It feels happy. All of that is going to naturally spur you into taking some sort of action. Okay. When you have thought feeling going back and forth, back and forth, like I'm getting excited about this. Oh my gosh, I'm having more ideas. I'm getting more excited. When all that's going on, you will literally be by momentum, like pushed Mm -hmm. into action, right? Like you will, you will derive action for yourself and you'll take an action that's in alignment with that thought and emotion. It works both ways, which is fascinating for people to realize. So So let's say you want to meet someone and you're just thinking about it all the time and you believe that that's possible. You have to believe that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Then you're getting excited about it. Eventually, you might put yourself on a dating app, right? You might start going, okay, well, like you said, I'm not going to meet anybody if I'm just sitting at home. So I need to take this action. That'll become clear to you and you'll take it. In the same way, someone might say, well, I want to lose weight, but I keep thinking about you know donuts and candy and burgers and all of these things all the time. And and then I keep feeling bummed on myself because I keep eating these things and I'm having this negative emotion. And then I'm craving all of these foods that are not good for me. And that negative emotion paired with craving all these foods and thinking about them all the time will cause me to take an action, which might look like going through the drive-through and getting you know Mm. burgers and fries and a shake. So it's not like we get very tied into like whether this creation equation is for the positive. It's a neutral situation. We either apply it to the positive, something that we d- determine as positive, or we apply it to something we determine as negative. We manifest all the time, mm-hmm. right? We manifest things we don't want all the time. Mm-hmm. So we have to see, I tell people all the time, you're already a master manifester. I guarantee you've manifested all kinds of things in your life and you don't even realize it. And a lot of times we manifest what we don't want because we put our attention there and we focus all of our thought and our emotion on that thing. And then we pop it into the three-dimensional reality. Yeah. We definitely manifest a lot more than we think unconsciously, but it's always, you know, because thoughts are always going, going through our heads. What are your thoughts about people searching for their life purpose? I feel like a lot of people look to others to determine their life purpose. Do you feel it's more about needing to look more inward and listen to our intuition as far as that goes? Absolutely. And I think there's a whole um, industry around looking outside of ourselves for everything in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so we're, we're taught <laughs> to look outside of ourselves for all kinds of things. And really part of the big transformation that's going on on the planet is that there is no outside of yourself. Like, Everything is a reflection of inside of you um, being almost like projected onto your exterior reality, which is really the quantum world. And so I don't even, you know, 
It's fascinating because in my work, I don't focus on like the end result. So a client will come to me and they might say, I want to meet the love of my life, or I want to know what my soul mission is, you know, whatever it is. I'm never, ever focused there because I know that when you get your life in truth and you do the inner work and you clear out, you know, the past belief systems and programming and all that kind of stuff, the other just happens. Mm -hmm. Because if it's a true desire of yours to, let's say, have your soul mission become very clear or to meet somebody, really, it's looking at what's in the way of that. So I don't need to tell you, here's what your soul mission is. In fact, I don't do that at all, even though I can intuit that for people. Mm -hmm. Because if I tell you what your soul mission is, then you're always going to think, well, this is what Shauna told me it is. What's more powerful is for us to clear the pathway so that your soul mission becomes so clear to you that it rises within you, mm-hmm. that it's not something that came from outside of you, or it's not what Shauna said or somebody else said, but you birthed it yourself. And mm-hmm. so your experience is, wow, this is profoundly true for me. And I'm, I ha- am totally empowered in this because no one gave this to me, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. came through me from myself. And that's how we can be very sure that it's ours. Yeah. And not what someone told you to do. And you're also going through your journey to get to that soul mission. And if, and if you have someone just tell you what it is, you're not going to have that journey that you probably need to go through to to find out what that soul mission is. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody wants a pill, right? Right. <laughs> a pill <laughs> exactly. that'll just get you to the finish line, yeah. but ultimately, we don't really want that because you know, I explain to people like if someone just gave you, let's say, a business that was your business, that was your idea, and they gave it to you at year 20 of that business, you would be completely overwhelmed and that would take you under because you wouldn't have built all the skill sets mm-hmm. that you needed to build over those 20 years to be able to manage that level of like energy, right? And momentum and moving parts. So it would be awful, right? Like you want to experience the lessons and you want to go through the things and you want to learn and grow and be stronger so that your container, like your energy is so present that it can handle the, the life mission, right? That it can handle what you're doing. Otherwise it just wouldn't even be generous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we have to go through those steps so that we can feel things and work through things, you know, regardless of where we end up. You know, we may end up in a totally different answer, even though we're going for the soul mission answer, it may take us totally somewhere different that we never thought that we could go. Well, the same, my example of where I started my business years ago was helping people with holistic health. I had no idea that the soul frequency would be born in that process. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that intuitively be part of what I do. I think sometimes we get ourselves in a bit of a box because we say, well, I want to be really certain. And I want to know you know, what the end game is before I start. And I'm like, the end game happens because you start. Mm. It's like your ability to show up to whatever your idea is today And to allow that idea to evolve and you to evolve as the person over time that creates things. Like if I would have said, I'm going to wait till I'm certain and not start helping people with holistic health. I mean, I knew at the time I wouldn't do that for the rest of my life, 
but I started. And it's from that experience that everything that I teach today started to reveal itself. So would it have revealed itself had I not been, you know, coaching people? I don't know. Mm-hmm. When would it have revealed itself? I don't know. Yeah. But that's where momentum, you know, taking action, like you said, and building momentum draws things to it. So, you know, I think we get this idea that we have to get it right or get it perfect or figure it out on the first go around, right. you know, yeah. and yeah, I'm guilty and that's of that. Not <laughs> that's not life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shauna, for being with me today and sharing so many insights that I know a lot of people need to hear. I certainly needed a refresher and to hear new things as far as intuition and your soul frequency. Uh, You can find Shauna Lee on social media, YouTube, because I have watched your videos on YouTube. They're great. And at uh, thesoulfrequency.com. And you can also pick up her best-selling book, The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. We welcome and encourage your snarky comments. Contact us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhosarcast. Support us on Patreon and become part of our sarcastic community. Visit www.patreon.com backslash womenwhosarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. 